job up. Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast, <laughs> an in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. I'm glad to be here with my co-host. How are you doing tonight, Katie? Hey there, Brian. I'm doing all right. Uh, what about you, good sir? <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm kind of enjoying this uh, holiday break, Christmas break, if you will. Ah, uh, yes, tis the season. <laughs> We would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas if you celebrate that, or I hope yeah, you had ha- a Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Happy Holidays to all. It's just a very special season uh, here, especially in the United States, uh, North America, I guess, in general, uh, just to, you know, be with family, and I just wish everybody the merriest time of year. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to have a special episode tonight. Uh, We're going to try something different. Uh, We're going to dive into the Clone Wars through arcs of certain characters. And tonight's introduction is the the Domino Squad. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to do this, to kind of look at the Clone Wars, you know, as you say, not necessarily through specific seasons or specific... uh, yeah, I guess seasons, really, instead of going episode by episode, we're going to look at it through uh, character arcs, which is a lot of fun. And I think it's really interesting that you've gone and chosen the uh, Domino Squad. <laughs> you know, if, if I if it was me, you know where I would probably start would be with Darth Maul. <laughs> I, I would love to dive into Darth Maul. Um, oh, we'll get there. We'll ventures. get there. But I just thought mm-hmm. that the Domino Squad would be a, a little easy jump off point. Yeah, it's it's more like uh, it, it's an easy pitch, like it's a warm up. <laughs> yeah, like it's a big giant softball that you can knock out of the park. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Darth Maul and, and Ventress. Those are things you have to kind of work up to a little bit, I think, uh, before you you just go for it. Though uh, though sometimes it is fun just to dive straight in. I I am excited to talk about the the Domino Squad. Uh, Brian, I believe you put up a poll on Twitter about the Domino Squad. Uh, did you not? I did. I posted on our Twitter page the following poll. To kick off our look into the Domino Squad, we ask, is the student's failure a reflection on the student or the teacher? And 90% of our listeners said that it was the student's responsibility. That's very interesting considering the way that applies to the clone cadets. We'll get into that a little bit more as we talk about the episode. Let's get into our discussion. So as we take a look at the Domino Squad, I wanted to listen to... Tom Kane's intro, the first episode, which is Clone Cadets. And let's give that a listen right now. Sure. Clone Troopers unite as war rages across the galaxy. The Republic's clone army strives for victory against the evil forces of the Separatists. Bravery, valor, unity, the lifeblood of victory on the battlefield and in space. It all begins on the planet Kamino, where Jedi General Shock T oversees the training of clones with the help of contracted bounty hunters. Bred to be perfect soldiers, these cadets must first be subjected to intense physical and mental training before heading off to war. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I find it really cool that the clones were supposed to be trained by the Jedi. Um, and how that impacts them as a character. Yeah, it's almost like they're Padawans in a way, you think? Yeah, totally. Like Kind of, mm-hmm. They're definitely given a lot more um, weight, and uh, they're seen as actual people as opposed to, like, military assets. It's very interesting uh, the way the Kamino... Kaminoans see the clones versus the way the Jedi see the clones. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I'm really glad that they have that because you know, to so many of the clones, they say that you know, we're numbers, we're just numbers. But uh, what wasn't it Yoda who told them that they're all different in the Force? It's funny you mention that because right. I have a special <laughs> clip. Let's oh. listen to it right now. Okay? All right, yeah, go for it. Come, sit. Your helmets, remove them. Your faces, I wish to see. There's not much to look at here, sir. We all share the same face. Deceive you, eyes can. In the Force, very different each one of you are. Reese, always focused on the enemy, are you? For inspiration, look to yourself and those beside you. Jack, concerned about weapons you are. Weapons do not win battles. Your mind, powerful it is. Mm. Outthink the droids, you can. Thyre, rush not into fights. Long is the war. Only by surviving it will you prevail. Yes. Clones, you may be, but the Force resides in all life forms. Use it, you can, to quiet your mind. Oh man, that was definitely one of my favorite moments because the clones are like, when he asked them to take off their helmets, he wants to see their faces. They're like, we all have the same face, so there's not much to look at there because we all look exactly the same since they're genetic clones. Mm -hmm. And Yoda's like, your eyes deceive you, they can. In the Force, very different each one of you are. Um, yeah, exactly. I just I think that's really great. And it's just really nice that the, the clones can have that because, again, like their creators, I, you know, I don't think see them very much as people. You know, like you were saying, they see them more as war assets, but the Jedi will see them for, uh, you know, as luminous beings as for who they are and not what they are, which is really nice. At, at the same time, I don't think it's great that, that the Jedi are like, yeah, sure, come fight this war for us. Uh, the, the whole clone army fighting for the Republic is highly suspect, if you ask me. But it, it is nice that, at least to some extent, the, the Jedi are willing to shape and influence these clones uh, as people, really. Uh, totally, because uh, as clones are just giving a numeric and al- alphanumeric designation, which is... Um, Kind of similar to George Lucas's movie THX one one three eight, where everyone is just a serial number and we're not really part of humanity, and you kind of lose touch of that when you just are a number. Um, and that will be contrasted very heavily in the future when a Jedi Master reverts back to using the designation as opposed to using their quote unquote names. Um, I. I just, I love how the Clone Wars has taken something as simple as a clone and brought in the humanity of, like, how do you tell the difference between the different clones and giving them their actual, like, individual personalities and um, character designs that you can actually tell the difference between Rex and um, Cody, Fives versus Echo. Uh, wolf versus um, Colt. Like, they're just... The designs of the helmet, and then you have tattoos, you have hairstyles. It's so awesome that they, they have diversified in so unique ways. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think that was a really uh, smart thing that they did for the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, just in general, uh, all these different ways that they came up with to tell the clones apart. Because quite frankly, sometimes I can't tell the clones apart. I feel so yeah. bad. I I really struggle with that. Um, if, if it's not for like a, a really obvious you know, physical marker that I can look at and tell a clone apart. I sometimes I really, really struggle to to tell, you know, who is who. And then especially once they all put on their helmets mm-hmm. and stuff, I I struggle sometimes to be like, okay, wait, which one is that? Uh, if it's really obvious, if a clone is is making a joke like cut up, I, I can tell, okay, that was cut up because he just, you know, made a joke. 
or if they're just repeating what the orders were, I'm like, okay, that's echo. But I, and when it's a little more ambiguous, sometimes I really struggle. And uh, I, I feel like it's because it's a television is a visual medium. If mm -hmm. this was a book, I think I might have a, an easier time because of course they would be like, Oh, he said this, she said that it, they would give the character's name and I'd be, <laughs> I'd be able to, to keep track of them better. But also I could imagine them a little differently, I think, but because, um, uh, the, this animated series of course is visual. I, it, it relies on the visuals and, and I really struggle sometimes. I hate to admit it. I, I, as I was saying, I want the clones to be seen for who they are, but not what they are. Right. But when they're all exactly identical, I, I have a hard time. So you're probably like super lost in the Umbara arc a little bit. Oh gosh. Yeah, no, I get really lost. I, I'm not that bad off. Um, actually my, my sister, struggles with facial recognition it's an actual problem that she yeah. has yeah. where she um you, she's not really sure if she's met a person before oh. if somebody talks to her you know if they bring up oh this is what we did together or this is a conversation we we've had she remembers those things but she has a really hard time recognizing faces and and putting names to a face um she has a really hard time with Game of Thrones. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with that show. Yeah, totally. But she says the Night's Watch is a nightmare for her because they're all dark-haired men in black clothes. Pretty much wearing the so, exact same uniform. Yeah. So they have. she has no idea who any of them is except for Sam. Well, he's a little <laughs> bit heavier, so it's easy to spot him. Exactly. She's like, if, if it's not for, like, again, something physical that she can point to and, and will distinguish a character, you know, strongly. Um, oh, the Hound is another good one. She'll never confuse the Hound for anybody else in Game because of Thrones. Cause his burns. Exactly. He's got these huge burn marks on, on his face. Uh, she, she knows who the Hound is. But a lot of times with Game of Thrones, she'll be like, okay, but who is that again? And then she says the mountain is an actual nightmare for her yeah. because they they kept recasting him. Well, he's confusing <laughs> in general because they have recast him, what, three times, I think? Exactly, exactly. So so I'm not as bad off as as all that. It, it takes characters being literally identical <laughs> where we just have dozens and dozens of, of literally clones for me to get confused to but... complicate the matter they do use the exact same voice actor for yes. a large majority of them d bradley B baker voices a ton of the clones yeah and i'm sure we're not the first people to say this but i absolutely have to give him props for for being able to distinguish these characters voice all of them uniquely mm -hmm. that's just amazing like serious props to him I, again i oh i'm sure i'm sure we're the first people to ever compliment him <laughs> yeah like he's so good especially in I think the fives arc is my favorite where he oh, just gosh. puts so much emotion into it and mm -hmm. discovering the plot of the, um, the chip in the clones and what that means for order 66. It's just, it's, it's amazing. We'll get yeah. I, yeah, we'll get there. I feel like fives is probably my favorite clone. Since we're on that topic, I do want to ask you, uh, out of, out of Domino squad, do you have a favorite? It's definitely fives. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's totally fives um everybody loves fives <laughs> echo is like the do-goody the do-gooder that always follows orders and mm -hmm. like in kind of an annoying way mm -hmm. it's like don't you have an opinion about anything buddy come on I, I have to admit, I was kind of a soft spot for Echo. I, I think I'd have to say he's my second favorite on the team. Yeah. I think because, yeah, because he's always just repeating the orders and he just wants to get the job done. He just wants to do what he's told and do it well. And there's something so endearing to me about that, that he just, he hears the orders, he repeats the orders, he does the orders. And, and you're right, that can be frustrating where it's like, dude, don't you have your own opinion? Can't you express an original thought? But yeah, I don't know. There's something endearing to me where he just wants to do a good job. At least that's how it comes across to me, where he's like, okay, these are our orders, so this is what I have to do. 
um, in a way, it it reminds me of um, it, it's it's the episode Rookies, where where it's Fives and Echo, right? They're they're told we have to take back that base, so we will take back that base. Right. It's kind of a, a do or do not kind of moment, isn't it? Yeah, like they, they're the only ones mm-hmm. on the base that has the opportunity to take it back, and there is an impending attack on Camino, which just kind of happens to be um, the Arc Trooper <laughs> episode. I think it's if you watch them in the right order of watching the Clone Cadets, Rookies, and then the Arc Troopers, you really kind of see what this the Domino Squad is kind of made of, because the whole Domino mm-hmm. Squad is, is put on the Reese base outpost Mm -hmm. and the two clones that they spend the most time giving names to and clone cadets are the two that actually die in um rookies so like Mm -hmm. heavy and cut up actually die right away so like the people you just spent getting to know in the last episode are the ones that die so you feel a loss immediately yeah i I am really glad we have that episode Clone Cadets to, to flash out uh, heavy and um, cut up because honestly, if I just watch Rookies first, because that one is in season one, I don't really know what to feel about those two, nice. especially because um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but but uh, cut up's death is really is terrible. Like it's terrible. What what is that? Who made that decision? <laughs> Oh, look, there's a worm. I'm dead. Ah, and he got eaten. And nobody really reacts. They just kind of go, oh, what is that thing? And shoot at it. And then and then afterwards, they just go, poor cut up. Like, <laughs> I think they'd be a little more torn up about that. But maybe that's just me. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, kind of like how Leia said <laughs> in A New Hope, now is not the time for our sorrows. Like, yeah. maybe they're just compartmentalizing that and saving it for later. But they're not supposed um, to leave brothers behind either. So, like, they should at least go back after his body. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, what's if a worm swallows him up, I guess there's not much to go back for. I don't... Uh, I just... that And that is so... I have to admit, I was not really into the Clone Wars like as a show, um, just based on season one. I I didn't think the animation was that great, and then this episode. I don't know. I I felt like there was a bunch of tonal whiplash, where we'll go from, you know, heavy killing himself to then they immediately make a joke about it, where they go, oh, he always hated that place, like. Okay, and then again, and then again, like, um, Cut Up dies, and then there's no real reaction to that. I and I, so I just I wasn't feeling the the show, but then yeah. but then we get to like season three, and they spend some time with these characters and really recontextualize this episode rookies from season one, and now I go back and I watch the episode rookies, and it really hits me hard. You know, to, to see to see heavy and uh, and uh, cut up go out like that, it's it's tough. So, it, it's definitely a show that that had to grow on me. But I am so very glad that it did. Yeah, watching them in chronological orders a lot better mm-hmm. than watching them in the order that they were aired. Um, so I was very grateful when StarWars.com made a list of all the episodes mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars and put them into chronological order so you can kind of see the arcs as they develop and not get pictures here and there that don't make sense out of context. Exactly. It's it's an interesting way, I think, to tell a story. It, it's definitely... I'm all for experimental stuff. <laughs> Do you know how I mean? I'm all for, well, let's try a new way to tell a story and just give snapshots here and there. Um, but, but ultimately I think if I'm going to go back and try to try to be more serialized about it, I think, I think that works better for me, especially with a cast this big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to backtrack a little bit, I do want to ask you, what is it that drew you to this arc in particular, to the Domino Squad, and to, yeah, seeing this team develop and seeing what they're made out of? Because stormtroopers and clones 
mm-hmm. were just name faceless, nameless people until the Clone Wars started, in my opinion. Like, I didn't care about any but any of the stormtroopers or clones in the original trilogy or in like episode one. Well, there wasn't mm-hmm. clones in episode one, but um, <laughs> I until I saw the Clone Wars, I, they were just not people like they were more like atom uh, like droids yeah they're faceless they're faceless they don't have a personality but um when i saw the clone wars and they they express themselves kind of artistically Mm -hmm. uh, especially in their armor design i was just like there's something there that you want to like get to know better and that's why i wanted to dive into the domino squad and it it does because it they kind of spend a lot of time with fives and echo particularly mm-hmm. you get to see a lot of uh the story unfold through their eyes yeah precisely did you have a favorite uh, wanted... in the um in the domino squad did i ask you that already a favorite character yeah our favorite clone uh yeah <laughs> fives and then fives followed up by echo then probably heavy tell me tell me your heavy feels tell me tell me what you think about heavy he's a leader so he's instantly kind of my cup of tea um yeah he would be my third favorite honestly out of of all of them again yeah i i am usually drawn to leader characters are at least i i liked seeing his arc again um that there wasn't much of one just in the episode rookies, but then when you get the episode clone cadets and you see how he started off as the guy, he was more of a, of a Raphael. <laughs> yeah. Gonna make... All about me and yeah. Let's, you know, throw some, yeah, some, some Ninja Turtles in here, you know, <laughs> he's, he's going to do his own thing, you know, just like uh, Raphael and the Ninja Turtles, but then he became the guy that carries the team, you know, does the heavy lifting and, you know, evolved into more of a Leonardo kind of character. I, I'm sorry. I'm loving these Ninja Turtle references. I just, <laughs> it's like one of my, you know, cultural uh, touchstones where I'm just like, oh man, I need to speak about a leader archetype. Who do I go to? Leonardo! <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um mm-hmm. do you remember 99s in the clone cadets oh gosh like was, oh 99 i have feelings about him too i have feelings about heavy i have feelings about 99 <laughs> i think 99 may have had a little bit of force connection because he's able to see um the inner personality of heavy and to speak truth into his life the same way that Yoda talks to the clones in ambush. Um, 99 mm-hmm. says that heavy feels the burden of the team uh, and he wants to be the anchor for the team. Um, but he's saying like, you'll find strength if you stop looking to yourself and, and work together as a team with your brothers. And that really like, it molds heavy and gives him his name and it, it, he takes that on to 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 serve his brothers on the Reese base mm-hmm. when he stays back to fight the the droids so i mean yeah and then he gives his life for them he he really does he becomes that guy that that carries the team and and bears their burden and you know ultimately you know yeah gives his life for them it's and that really does, you're right, come back to, to 99. I I hadn't really thought about that, where 99 could be more receptive to the Force. But I, I guess maybe it's because 99 gets to watch and listen and be overlooked in the way the other clones oh uh, gosh, just yes. aren't. Yeah, so maybe that does make him more at least receptive to the Force. If Even if he's not Force-sensitive per se, just the fact that he can be calm, at peace, passive. <laughs> all, all that stuff that Yoda says where he can just be an observer, it does make him, I think, receptive to who are his brothers, really, like underneath uh, that that's a good thought. I hadn't really thought about that way, but that's smart. Like, I like it. Like ninety nine. If you think about his life, um, mm-hmm. especially in context of being on Camino, where they saw clones as just being military assets, mm-hmm. it, to me, it, 
looks like 99s has some birth defects and may have mm -hmm. been a little slower either mentally or physically um and so they had a they they had term that they called them rejects when they were like that and that they were just a bad batch of clones so they would just cast them aside and give them remedial duties like maintenance like a maintenance worker cleaning the barracks um mm -hmm. to to i don't know it's just if you're a person and if you've ever felt that kind of rejection where you're overlooked and not trusted with stuff it can hurt deeply like a lot and yeah the way that 99 reaches out to Heavy and just kind of consoles him when he's the one that's been crapped on all of his life. Yeah, it just exactly. shows so much character of 99 and, and Heavy ends up giving him his medal and it just, it's very touching. Yeah, I do like that Heavy gives him his medal because, you know, uh, 99 will never really be recognized by anybody else for, for what he does and... Uh, I, I'm not even talking about how he dies. I mean, how the moral support that he gives, they don't, they don't give medals for that really, yeah. you know, or at least they don't in, in the clone army. But I, I like that heavy recognizes it. And I really, I think a lot of, of uh, 99's moral support comes from, he, he hates to see all this wasted potential. He says, how can I be a failure if I was never even given a chance? And Heavy and the Domino Squad are being given a chance, and they're not taking full advantage of it. Um, and perhaps, it, again, it's it's a do or do not kind of scenario where they're not working together. They're not believing that they can be a team, so instead of doing it, they're, they aren't. They <laughs> aren't. Do or do not. Right. So he, he's telling them to stop wasting this chance and take full advantage of it. And and I think that really does speak to Heavy. And it, it you know, allows him to, to rally his brothers around him and become that leader. And they sow the seeds that becoming an ARC trooper in um, the Grand Army of the Republic is kind of an accomplishment of reaching that that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they sow those seeds because they end up doing that in later on. Yeah. It it was really actually rewarding at the at the end of this three episode arc, um, the episode Arc Troopers, where you do see five and Echo, you know, all that's left of Domino Squad really, mm -hmm. where they are given that honor and they become Arc Troopers. It's it's really rewarding when you see how far they've come and kind of what they had to pull themselves out of and the brothers that they've that they've lost along the way it's it's super rewarding after that arc to to see them rewarded in that way or at least recognized in that way and it's kind of amazing that fives gives 99 a chance to prove his valor um mm -hmm. and go into the armory yeah um and 99 is kind of a brother of fives and echoes so he to me, he is part of Domino Squad, even though he wasn't part of the cadet group. Mm -hmm. He just, he, 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 yeah, he just I think, has earned his right, I guess, through his yeah, actions. Yeah, he was, he was certainly part of the team because everybody kept saying, or at least Brick said that, you know, Domino Squad would be no good for anything, you know, just send him to maintenance with 99. So the fact that they were all kind of lumped together even if 99 wasn't from their same batch, then uh, I think he was seen as a part of their team in a way. And they at least adopted him into the team, at least at the end, when, when they gave a 99 a chance to, to prove himself. And he, you know, pulled through. Mm -hmm. And he, oh my gosh, when, when 99 is, you know, kind of hobbling off and he's like, this is what I was made for. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know? He was, he was, you know, born a clone just like the rest of them and, you know, made to do one thing. And it just, oh, 99, my feelings. <laughs> and like how many days had, has he day, daydreamed mm -hmm. of getting the chance of actually proving himself, of having a mission where he had to go into battle and, and do something of significance, you know? Yeah. Well, again, it's what he said. How can I be a failure if I've never even had a chance? 
you know, they never even gave him a shot. And so, and yet they say he's a failure, but you know, I, I like that he questions that he doesn't accept at face value that he's a failure. He knows that if he was given a chance, he could succeed. Yeah. And then he does like, ah, my, my emotion. <laughs> um, did mm-hmm. you want to talk a little bit about a little Sith wannabe? Oh, yeah. We can definitely talk about some Ventress because she does play a part in this in this arc, at least in the background. I don't I don't know if she has much to do with the Domino Squad, really. I think she's just kind of there to be a final boss for Anakin. Yeah. In a way, if if that's fair. I don't know. Is that fair? Is that fair to the Ventress? I think that the ARC Troopers gives us a glimpse into the rivalry between Grievous mm-hmm. and Ventress. Like, I think that sure. that's more of a an actual development on their characters. The yeah. the Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ventress is just a cat and mouse. That's scene. fair. I was just, I was thinking, you know, in, in this whole arc of, you know, the, the, you know, Domino Squad, Fives and Echo becoming ARC Troopers. Really, what does Ventress have to do with any of that? But I guess at the end, um, the, the clones do help Anakin corner Ventress. And so she does tie into their victory, at, at least in that sense. Um, I, I do kind of feel like, you know, as a character, Ventress doesn't really tie into uh, Fives and Echo's growth but she does at least present a challenge for them or, or a challenge for Anakin to then need help. <laughs> if if any of this makes any sense, do you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like there was a, there was a more fitting challenge for them that would apply to these clones as people. Um, but it, at least, you know, Ventress makes a fun and interesting boss and, and you're right. It, as so long as she's there, she does have a very interesting dynamic with Grievous where um, they they recognize each other's skill, or at least Grievous recognizes <laughs> Ventress's skill, and then uh, and then she says, um, you know, Dooku may have taught you a few tricks of the lightsaber, but you're nowhere near my level. That was super good like, <laughs> when she said that. Grievous mm-hmm. has the lightsaber skills, but he doesn't have any connection with the Force, and I think that that's what sets yeah. Ventress apart. Yeah, well, and then also she's just the skilled assassin and, you know, kind of like Maul, she's kind of set up to be this apex predator where just, you know, if 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 you're supposed to die, Ventress will kill you. She will find you and she will kill you. General is more, uh, General Grievous, he's aptly named. He's a guy who's on the front lines. He is skilled at combat, but he's not this skilled hunter the skilled you know killer that ventress is which very very different skill set and very very different power levels i think did you like the way that ventress killed colt where she like force chokes him and then does a force pull through her lightsaber and then gives him a kiss god i wish that were me God, oh my god that oh ventress no like seriously she could stab me with her lightsaber any day as long as she followed it up with that little kiss like oh you might oh, be dead ventress. at the time you realize this right you think oh i don't cur like worth it worth it like, <laughs> man no she's glorious every every inch of ventress is just amazing she's goals <laughs> queen she's everything i thought it was Benji. sad that they had to take that out when they aired it on cartoon network oh they did i was not aware with that oh my gosh that's hilarious i <laughs> i'm so glad it's been preserved because that seems amazing yeah like they thought it was a little too dark so they didn't when it aired oh, on uh it, it it wasn't in the the airing but they they kept it on the blu-ray and it's on netflix so Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that it works well. I think it works well. I also think it's a really good character moment for her where she's just a little twisted, just a, <laughs> it's a little like almost kind of playful with it where she's like, yeah, you Absolutely. died, but yeah, she's like, yeah, you're dead now, but in the best way, <laughs> you know, she's, she's going to give you a kiss goodbye. Like, I don't know. I think that's fabulous and just so wonderfully adventurous. I don't think any, other character could quite pull that off no and 
I wish that was me. <laughs> so jealous. All right. My jealousy is real. And just like, yeah, so long as we're talking about Ventress being, you know, playful and kind of sexual and, and just desirable, I really like how um, Grievous, uh, you know, right after Ventress insults him saying, you know, you're nowhere near as skilled as me. He like grabs her hand and asks her if she needs an escort, like a droid escort. And then she like touches his face or his mask, you know, whatever's left of his face. You know, she kind of like strokes his cheek and says, uh, oh, there's nothing you have that I could want. <laughs> Rejected. It's so, it's so good. And it's just like, nah, this you and me, it's never going to happen. Like, <laughs> Nah, bro. <laughs> oh, it's harsh, but it's so good. Like, oh, just slay, queen, slay. Oh, Ventress. <laughs> We're going to have to spend some time with her. We're, we'll definitely have to spend some time with her. I, I adore her so much. I yep. think her arc has to be connected. It's so hard because she has to be connected to Maul, but then mm -hmm. also she needs to be connected a little bit with Ahsoka. So, like, yeah. it's hard to isolate her. It is. It's hard to isolate her. It's also... Yeah, it's hard to talk about her without talking about the Night Sisters and Mother Talzin, which mm -hmm. is a rabbit hole that leads me to Maul. Mm -hmm. And and then you're right, it's also hard to talk about her without also talking about Ahsoka. And I have a lot of strong feelings about how Maul and Ahsoka are connected. So it all just lines up really well to me. And it honestly it ends with like a, a six hour rant about me screaming about Maul and Ahsoka. Like that's that's where this is going, basically is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I'll be here for it. Trust oh, good. Me. Yeah, don't I, leave me. <laughs> I won't, and I I will very much enjoy talking about Maul. Um, at like at like you know the three and a half hour mark of my you know Maul and Ahsoka feels ranch, you just start kind of backing away slowly. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, what about you? Any thoughts about Ventress in this particular arc? I did think that there was an interesting rivalry between Ventress and Grievous, as we said, like, because they're still like trying to jockey for favoritism of Dooku because they want to be the next apprentice or whatever a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do love Ventress a lot. So it, I thought it was interesting. And it's interesting that Dooku wanted to, capture the DNA of Jango Fett to stop the production of clones. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, he did start the whole thing, yeah. but it would also, you know, cripple the, the Republic and, and really turn the war in his favor if he could stop the production of clones. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting and it's confusing. A lot of times when I'm thinking about the Clone Wars and all of the, the strings being pulled behind the, the scenes when it comes to Dooku and Sidious fabricating this war, I, I get confused easily. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm like, wait a second, Dooku, Dooku started the clone army, but now he's fighting the clone army. And wait a second, you know, I, yeah, I, I get confused and I need to, you know, sit down and, and think about it to, to line up all the pieces in my head. But you're right. It, it is interesting where in uh, in this arc in particular, where I'm like, wait a second, what is Ventress one again? Why is she here? And and oh, it's because of Dooku. OK, like it it takes me a little bit. I can be slow sometimes. <laughs> That's totally OK. Yeah, um, I did want to talk a little bit about. <sighs> I find it interesting that in season three, when they wrote Clone Cadets, which is the first episode in this arc, mm -hmm. that they wrote in so much, so many Easter eggs for not only like what's going on right now, mm -hmm. but like the phrase good soldiers follow orders is exactly mm -hmm. what is repeated over and over and over again in the film. Oh my gosh. Arc. Oh, just kill me. <laughs> and like, my emotions. Echo, like, beats that into the ground with the Domino oh, Squad geez. that good soldiers follow orders. Like, oh. And so when you have 
Mm -hmm. that, that Easter egg, that foundation laid into the mindset of the clones, there's mm -hmm. no wonder that a simple order of Order 66, how that could make them turn. Um, and then another one is just, I had mentioned it before, but having rejects of clones and bat, the bad batch of clones, mm -hmm. which is basically clones that in the eyes of the Kaminoans are defective and yeah. how they're kind of just disregarded, um, discarded as a bad batch, something to be thrown away and not utilized. Yeah. And that's used in the bad batch arc later on in, uh, the Clone Wars legacy, as it's called now. Yeah. Were there any other Easter eggs you saw? Because I didn't really pick out any. I, I feel dense now. <laughs> no, those were the two that, like, I really mm -hmm. um, sunk my teeth into. I yeah. tried to ask if those were done intentionally or yeah. if it was just, um, like, harvested later on, but I couldn't yeah. get an answer. So It could have been. It absolutely could have been something that they – that they thought about later on and were like, Oh man, what if the good soldiers follow order was, was a thing and it just became emotionally devastating for everybody. And we could <laughs> make everybody sit around crying about fives. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I could, I could see story group or, you know, the, the clone wars equivalent of story group sitting around having that exact conversation about how to make me cry about fives. <laughs> Uh, oh man, there's there's two things I want to talk about. Okay, I want to talk about Shakti. That's okay. something we need to talk about. I also, uh, real quick, want to talk about. I don't know how to feel about the the teeny tiny baby clones uh, fighting in the Arc Troopers episode. Yeah, you know they're all hiding in the barracks, and it's like, okay, now you baby stormtroopers hide up here and and shoot them. I'm like. Okay, I know that they have to fight when they get older, but right now they're literal children and maybe don't wrangle literal children into your war. I don't I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't feel so weird about it because uh, later we get some Boba Fett stuff and I don't feel weird about Boba Fett fighting. Maybe it's because like he's a, you know, a bounty hunter and he has this hard life and just kind of it that's his choice in a way to pursue this this violent lifestyle, but I don't know, seeing these little kind of baby clones being being told that they need to fight. I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about that. What do you think? I think that it's perfectly okay. Um, like, because that's what they're trained to do their whole life is to become part of the Grand Army of the Republic. Like, they have military classes every day that that's kind of what they devote their lives to. So I don't really, uh, have you ever seen the um, movie called taps? It was back in the seventies. I think it no. has such a huge cast. Like, yeah. Um, Tom Cruise, uh, Sean Penn. Um, there's probably 15 like actual huge stars that are in this movie with George C. Scott, but it's basically uh, a military school where mm -hmm. all these kids kind of take over the school. And so you see these tiny kids with actual um, machine guns uh, mm -hmm. taking uh, guarding posts. And that I, I saw that as a kid. So um, yeah. it was kind of, I, I guess I, I don't, I was. Yeah, it's I mean, normal I can to me because I've seen it before. Sure, I, I don't know why this one hit me in particular because you know I, um, uh, Ender's Game, The Hunger Games, you know, the idea of of children having to fight, uh, either you know to protect their home or because they're being forced to fight. That's nothing new in media. It, and it's it's something that I've watched before and have in fact been interested in because I I thought the Hunger Games was just amazing. <laughs> that's but that's a whole nother conversation. But um, I, I guess because these baby clones are fighting for their home, they're defending their home. It's not as bad as them being like sent out to the front lines. But I don't know, just that they've, you know, the, these children are being told, okay, go here and you'll be safe. 
and then they get there and all the adults in the room are telling them, no, you, you have to fight. Like, I don't know that it makes me uncomfortable, but I guess it's, it's not the worst thing. And it is like for a reason they are fighting to defend their home. Like I, I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe they're not of the right age to, to, to give that consent and to, you know, to know if they want to fight or not. They're just being told that they have to fight and that, I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, I just want better for all these <laughs> small clone children. <laughs> That's a valid point, and I understand. Yeah. Like, well, I just, yeah, I wanted to hear your your, your thoughts on it. And, uh, yeah, it's fine if it doesn't, if it didn't bother you at all. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel bad that it didn't. I just No, that's fine. Yeah. Like, it reminded me, like, if have you seen The Patriot where oh, right, yeah. Mel Gibson has to take his boys out and they – it's. I, I don't think it's normal, and I don't think it's right, but I think that there are times when kids have been mm -hmm. put in that situation before. Yeah, and uh, again, I do recognize that it's different because they're they're literally defending their home. This is where they were born. This is where they live, and it's it's no different than the Ewoks really <laughs> defending their home. You know, they're these adorable teddy bears, and they're going to go up against <laughs> hardened armored soldiers. Okay, yeah. like. So I, I guess it's it's uh, it's the the same that they're fighting for their home it, and it's not it's not like they've been told to go out on the front lines that I think that would be crossing a, a line for me that would be too much where I'm like no maybe don't send the children out to war yet yeah. <laughs> let them let them get a little more ripe it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to do that to kids in any way shape or form yeah so. Uh, but yeah, speaking speaking of uh, you know the little kids and stuff, uh, talk to me about Shakti because I think she's just amazing, and I think she's just such a good mom. <laughs> I think that she yeah. was very patient in this one, where yeah. um, the bounty hunters Brick and um, mm -hmm. what's his name? Oh, I don't remember his name. I just remember and, Brick. Uh, they were. Just... <laughs> I feel bad though. <laughs> They were saying that the Domino Squad were rejects and that they should be cast aside, like send them down to 99s and the other maintenance crew or whatever. Um, and she, it, it brings up an interesting question of like, if a student fails, who is to blame? Is it the student or is it the teacher? And like, I think as teachers, we're often called to reach out to the kids in the kids best way not in our strength so it's not like i'm only going to teach the kids that fall into my strengths i think that we're called to teach all the kids and it's a matter of us adapting into finding ways to reach the kids and that affects them do you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i I think Shakti was was patient and open-minded enough to understand that these clones, the Domino Squad, could come together if they were given the right chance and the right way to succeed. It, if she set them up for success, then they they would fulfill their potential instead of just discarding them out of hand, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, just her her incredible. Yeah, patience and her maturity and her wisdom. I just, she's so graceful in this one. Shakti just steals my heart with her, just fabulosity. She's so she's regal. You know, she comes in. She has these flowing robes and her her you know flowing uh, mandrels. Is that what they're called? The yeah. She's yeah. She's a Tagruta, like a, like um, Ahsoka, and you know just the way everything flows over her. She just looks so regal and just absolutely steals my heart and i like i love how she looks at these clones and and tells them you know to, to work as a team and be a group oh tell me talk to me about that scene where she uh tells it it's fives and echo right yeah that they need to you know think of themselves as a team and not as individuals because that's something that fives and echo struggle with they're they're like well we're looking out for each other and she says yes you're looking out for each other as individuals but not as a squad and, and i thought that was a very interesting 
a way of looking at it. Because at, at first I was inclined to, to agree with Fize and Echo. I'm like, yeah, they, those two are their brothers and their best friends, their pals. They're looking out for each other. But the idea that, well, no, that's not the same as looking out for your squad. Well, like Fives and Echo in, in that moment are basically asking for reassignment and they're throwing their their teammates, the other members of the unit, under the bus saying that we're not the problem. Our, our, our unit, our other... Our other brothers are the problem. They're the ones that are keep failing, and if you just reassign us, we'll succeed. And she, she's trying to teach him a lesson that kind of goes back to the core values of the clones. And um, Tom Kane says it in the introduction that it's about bravery, valor, and unity. Um, I think she's trying to teach him what it means to be unified and what it means to have brothers that you fight in this battle with. I mean, you can only be as strong as you are by yourself, but with your brothers, you can be way stronger than you can be by yourself. And so I think that that's a lesson she's trying to teach them in that moment. Yeah, that's fair. I, um, again, when I say that at first I was inclined to agree with fives and echo, uh, because maybe I just really suck at group projects. <laughs> but like if I'm in a group project and I feel like me and one teammate are working really, really hard and everybody else is just not interested, they don't care if we fail, you know, then then, yeah, I'm I'm going to be really frustrated. And then, you know, maybe be like, hey, can we get a different group? Can we get, you know, three more partners that are going to care about this as much as we are? But then that's not really fair to the rest of Domino Squad because it's not that they don't care and it's not that they aren't working as hard as Fives and Echo. It, it's just that they, they aren't pulling together as a team. So so I, I did like that, you know, good old mama Shakti was like, no, no, actually think about this and be fair to your brothers. Like, Sometimes she, when you're mm -hmm. in a bad um, team like that where you feel like you are being pulled down by mm -hmm. some like droid bait for example sure yeah <clears throat> getting out and being reassigned is kind of the easy way out because you don't mm -hmm. have to grow through that but if you stay in the unit and you have to find a way to motivate your your teammates that can stretch you in ways that you would never would have been stretched before and it can create more leadership yeah. qualities in you i think mm -hmm. yeah that's fair yeah. Um, no, that is, that is really, that's smart and that's insightful. And, and I feel like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have really gotten that, that lesson out of anybody except for Shakti just because she's so, she's so patient and she's willing to, to kind of slow it down and, and really explain it so that everybody understands. I just feel like she would be a really good teacher, and a really good mom. <laughs> I have thoughts on Shakti, but we'll get to those in the fives are oh. when I get really frustrated. Uh oh, uh oh. So wait, are you pro or <laughs> or or not not such a big fan of Shakti? She makes me, me very mad. She makes me very oh. very mad in the five star. Oh arc. no! Oh no! <laughs> She's such a queen though. <laughs> oh well. Um, what did you think when she said that um, she's a Jedi? And uh, the individual and the group are the same, are one and the same. I I wasn't really sure what to think about that because i didn't i didn't really i don't know i hadn't thought of the jedi in that way as as a unit most maybe because they they divide themselves a lot you know they they have the the padawan and master pairs and and then they go off and do their own thing and then there's the council that always seems so divided and and like unwilling to listen to people like qui-gon jin i I kind of had the idea that the Jedi were more individualistic than that, but what do you think uh, Shakti is driving at, or, or how do you feel about what she said? It, it's very different than what I understood mm -hmm. the Jedi to be. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily see the Jedi as a whole as being unified in a single vision. Um, sure. I do th mm -hmm. see them a lot more as individuals. So... It could be that's just her perspective. Yeah. But it's it's different. I do yeah, I do feel like maybe Shakti does 
believe that the Jedi are all united under one code and that they're all striving together to to pursue that code, to pursue the light. And so maybe maybe that is just how she sees the Jedi. It's it's not how I see them, but I, I do appreciate her perspective and I like that we have a different perspective on the Jedi like that to, to kind of make me think about them in different ways. It is interesting, which well, is, again, that's why I wanted to hear what you, what you thought about that line. If you do have a common goal um, mm-hmm. and are striving for the same things, that is a serious way of um, developing mm-hmm. unity. Mm-hmm. I know like, for example, in my marriage, when we have financial goals and we accomplish those, those are, um, huge successes and it yeah it's like we're doing something right when we're able to accomplish something that we set our mind to and yeah um, it makes you feel like like a unit like two halves like like two legs on one person walking towards the same thing yeah you know yeah it, it if that makes any sense i guess that was a little cheesy i don't know yeah no i i understand but i mean it, it, mm-hmm. you can be like that either in other areas too, like just relationally or um, mm-hmm. emotionally. So, yeah, I had one more thing about Shakti that I wanted to talk about at least. Sure. Uh, at the beginning of the Clone Cadets episode, she says that uh, unity wins war. How does she know that? Has she ever won a war? I don't think she has. Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, and I and I really thought that the Jedi were supposed to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers, and yet she's sitting here way too comfortable in the role of a general you know hmm well, it's, I'm not it's, sure it's like why do you have generals in a time of peace like yeah, yeah. <sighs> because if you don't have generals in a time of peace when you need them they're not trained but um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she may have just been one of the Jedi that actually studied ancient conflicts to have that knowledge if they ever needed it. Do you know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're sitting in the they're sitting in the Jedi lunchroom and she's pouring over the out of war. <laughs> like, yeah. Shakti, come sit with us. No, she's reading. She's she's reading on war. Why? War. There is no war. <laughs> like, she's just curious. <laughs> she's like sitting there going, "You'll thank me someday." <laughs> oh man. You know, I would thank you if you took the bad ship and the good ship and took them to the Jedi council instead of holding them in your oh. hand and letting them get lost. Oh my you. gosh. Yeah. You had <laughs> both chips in your hand and you did nothing about it for the love of Pete. The, the stupid, not listening to the force and not, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't know why. But I am so here to, for you to just drag Shakti. Like, I love her, but just, I don't, <laughs> I just, maybe I'm just tickled by, by how passionate you are about it. <laughs> it bugged me the night that we stayed up all night to watch the Clone Wars. And I literally stayed up all night watching all these episodes. And you have a wonderful, wonderful fives arc in. Mm-hmm. And Shakti just messes it up. Like, she gets so close. But she doesn't do anything. She doesn't take it to the council. She takes it to Palpatine. Oh, even better. Let's take it to the guy that started it all. Mm. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely... (laughs) We'll get there. We'll talk about the fives. The fives arc at, at the end. At the... When we come back to this, yes. Oh my gosh, I love oh, that arc. But she just—it's so good. But Shakti, uh, I, I, I felt much the same. I was just like, she took it to Palpatine, and I'm like, no. <sighs> <sighs> she could use some like, wisdom of art there. That's for sure. Well, you know, <laughs> at least she's still beautiful. Oh. <laughs> she's still gorgeous. Okay. Nobody can ever take that from her. <laughs> Beauty fades. Uh, I, I saw no. I saw that on um on Tumblr once. It was a Tumblr post of Padme's funeral, yeah. where it it's all those like just gorgeous shots of of Padme's you know 
funeral and, and just how lovely she looks, like almost inappropriately lovely in her coffin. Yeah. And the, te- and the text said, uh, I may be dead, but I'm still prettier than you, Palpatine. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That does make it a little better. That does kind of ease the sting a little bit where it's like, yeah, Padme died and she deserved a lot more, but she's still a lot prettier than Palpatine. <laughs> I'm prettier than you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine like Palpatine sniffling on his throne because that burn, like he's like, it's true. I'll never be as pretty as her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's wonderful. I know I am. Everything I say is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're, <laughs> You're welcome. Did you have anything else from the first three episodes that we were looking at that you'd like to talk about? Hmm. Gosh, no. We hit the like the huge things I wanted to talk about, which is basically how much I love Ventress and Shakti. Like, <laughs> you come in here like, hey, let's talk about Domino Squad. And I'm like, perfect. Ventress and Shakti, top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I reaching for stuff when I say that it does give like the identity of the clones is kind of brought out in the, these arcs or not am I reading into it too much? Not at all. I don't think you're reaching at all. I just, um, I'm, I'm fairly one note as, as you've noticed. And anytime a strong female character kicks her way into the room, I absolutely have to focus on her. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I don't think you're reaching at all. I, I really feel like, I came to know and appreciate the Domino Squad in a way I hadn't really with other clones. Um, it, and, well, of course, you know, there's Rex and Cody, um, but just kind of the fact that I could look at a unit of clones uh, and and tell them apart just by the things they say and the way they act, and then with a little bit of help from their, their tattoos and their markings, yeah. I, that I can really tell them apart and see them as individuals um, that that's huge because like I was talking about before, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I really struggle to tell these clones apart, but, but no, you're, you're right. The Domino squad was a huge step forward in, in seeing them as individuals. Cool. Yeah. What about you? Is there anything else you wanted to hit about the, the Domino squad or their arc? I think I've beaten it pretty well to death. Um, <laughs> I really like it. Um, yeah, I, I think that they have some super interesting uh, arcs in the future. Umbara is one of my favorite arcs in the whole series, but uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll get to that one. Um, yes, we will. Yes, we will. Pong Krell is just such a beautiful, brilliant villain that. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, good times, good times. And so the next one that we'll talk about is the Citadel, and that's where um, one of the Master Jedi's locked in the Citadel, and they kind of sneak in through Carbon Freeze to get him out, and it's the first appearance of Tarkin. Ooh. (laughs) So. Very exciting. Oh, my gosh. So yeah, that's the Citadel arc where we will continue our our Clone Wars discussion at some point. (laughs) Until then, I I really hope that everybody's enjoying their holidays. Yeah? Yeah. Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays to all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. Yes, we will be seeing you guys um, uh, after the New Year. Uh, We plan to release this episode uh, the week before Christmas. Yes? week between christmas and new year's the week between christmas and new year's yes so right we're taking a break off for christmas and you know spend some time with our families <laughs> happy holidays to you brian thank you Merry and then there will be yes and then there will be this episode and then we'll see you guys after the new year and it'll be a whole new year of moon jackies yes <laughs> and i'm sure that we will be diving very deeply into the last jedi Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) We have things to say about The Last Jedi. Goodness gracious. But until then, you know what? If you guys, our lovely listeners, have any thoughts at all about the Domino Squad, about clones, 
about any old Star Wars thing that crosses your mind, why don't you go ahead and tweet us at MoonJunkiesPod on Twitter, or if you, <laughs> you have more long-winded thoughts, go ahead and email us at MoonJunkiesPodcast at gmail.com. Sound good? Yep. Sounds great. <laughs> You're wrong. It does not sound good. It sounds great. It sounds wonderful. Is that better? <laughs> sounds wonderful. It sounds fantabulous. <laughs> I'm getting really aggressive. I don't know why. I think it's late. <laughs> it's late. What? How did I get here? <laughs> Is that holiday stress? It's getting to me. Drink uh, some more eggnog. It'll make just, you feel I better. Eggnog. Oh, yeah. And I'm a cider kind of girl. And a hot, oh, hot chocolate. Oh, my gosh. I love holiday drinks. Get some peppermint. I'm sorry. Okay, that tangent. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you know what? If you're still listening after all of this <laughs> babble, if you want to rate or review us on iTunes, that super helps us out. It really does. It helps us get noticed. It helps us get more lovely listeners. Uh, and, of course, if you say something nice in your iTunes comments, I'll read it out loud on the air. I love doing that. Katie so, will give you lots of props. I will. I'll give you lots of props. I will fangirl over your nice comments and probably cry a little bit. Let's be real. <laughs> and I will definitely be thankful as well. Yes, Brian will at least be mildly interested. <laughs> That's not true. Oh, come on. I'm no, not I'm that not. bad. <laughs> no, I'm just, oh, I'm just giving you a hard time, buddy. Um, but you know what? If anybody wants to reach you, Brian, personally, where can they do that? You can find me trolling Katie at Balls and Play <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. It's very fun. Um, yeah. I hope she oh, yeah. takes it with a grain of salt. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> if you want to reach me or see <laughs> Brian trolling me on Twitter, you can reach me at Poe Hot Dameron on Twitter. And it's just good times all the time at Poe Hot Dameron. <laughs> lots of prequel love. Lots of me screaming about my emotions. Lots uh, of much like this love. podcast. Lots of turtle love. <laughs> turtle power. Yeah. Turtle power. Turtle power. <laughs> It's it's uh, much the same. It's like uh, <laughs> this podcast, but in text form. <laughs> 280 characters at a time. No. Anyway. So, yes. If you're still listening, after all of that, we want to thank you a lot. And we're very excited to have you. And until next time, just remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.